Baldry's beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief from Global News. Hey, Keith. Good morning. Okay, today is a big day here on the SOGI program in BC Public Schools, sexual orientation and gender identity. So these learning resources have been in the school system in British Columbia for for many years now. This has been going on six years. Yep. And we've got very, we got some big rallies happening today. So they're competing rallies as well. Group called Hands Off Our Children, also the One Million March for Children, holding events across the country today, including in many points in British Columbia. Some competing rallies, uh, counter protest rallies yeah, we'll uh, see, as well. Your thoughts? Uh, we'll see how big these things are. Um, I just came from the front line of the legislature. Yeah. So the anti Soji group is about 50 people out there. Okay. Uh, but the counter-protesters got here early. They've seized the high ground. Oh. They have the front steps of the ledge, oh. <laughs> uh, and there's about 20 of them. Uh, the, in the anti-social crowd early on, there was F. Trudeau flags, big oh. Canadian flags. There's a flag that says straight pride. Great. So the accusation from uh, a number of groups, including the BC Teachers Federation and others, is that this this anti this group protesting has been taken over by those who are using the phrase parental consent and their words as a dog whistle for homophobia. And certainly there were some elements out there that were, we've seen on the front lawn before for other causes or yeah. anti-government things. Uh, so security's out there. There is a concern. You've got counter-protesters against this protest. It's a very passionate topic on both sides of this. Sure. Um, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully nothing really confrontational happens there. There was a bit of high comedy in the middle of this. So I'm standing out there, you know, 75 people. As this thing doesn't really get going to 11 or noon today, so it's very much the Suddenly in the middle of this, a tour bus shows up, and about 75 German tourists get out <laughs> and find themselves in the midst of the field, in the park between these two groups, and Whoa. snapping pictures going, you know, what is going on? <laughs> so even guards had, the security had to tell them, no, that, you know, this is just different protests, but there, it was a bit of comedy. Okay, so the government is saying, and I listened very closely to what Premier David Eby has said on this this week, and also the president of the BC Teachers Federation, and what they're saying saying is that yes there there are parents who are concerned and they're raising concerns but they say a lot of parents are misinformed about the program so they say for example they hear that the government is pushing gender ideology Mm -hmm. on kids or they're sexualizing children or they're pressuring kids to, to to turn gay you know and they're saying that's not what this program is about the program is about tolerance and trying to you know compassion for people and making sure that schools are, are safe, acceptable. And, place. and for people who are wondering, what, what is in this SOGI program anyway? There is a huge website with, with a ton of information on it on exactly mm-hmm. what the program is about that I've been checking out this morning. Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, and it's, uh, there's a lot of information available. It does seem to be anecdotally, it can vary from district to district or yeah. class to class in terms of exactly what type of infos being communicated to parents, and that right. is an issue. How much should parents know? Should they automatically know everything that's going on? Um, and it's interesting, yesterday, Kevin Falcon, the United Leader, had responded to, to reporters, uh, sort of made some comments that caused some confusion exactly what the United position was. Let's, li- let's listen to that here now, because this is really interesting. So this is Kevin Falcon, leader of the opposition, leader of the BC United Party, with his comments on these rallies on the SOGI program in our schools. You'll also hear hear from BC United MLA Eleanor Sturko, who came out and responded after reporters were asking questions about what Falcon had to say here. So let's listen. I think when it comes to a point where parents are feeling a need to protest in the streets, 
that's telling you something. It's telling you that they feel excluded uh, and ignored in the what's going on in their schools. And I think it's important that that we don't just dismiss that outright, that we recognize that there are legitimate concerns that are driving uh, some of these concerns among parents. Our stance is, is that we continue to support inclusion, but we also need to make sure that it is clear for parents what their kids are being taught, which is why Kevin today gave the example of previously with sexual education, which is different from our SOGI uh, materials that are being used in schools. Tiptoeing very carefully. Well, here. it's interesting. So Kevin Falcon made these comments to reporters at an announcement about his firefighting uh, program. Yeah. Changes caused a bit of confusion because expressing sort of support for this march or this protest yeah. when a time when the march is being protest or being characterized as saying, no, this is not about parents. This is about anti, uh, this is homophobia. Uh, after that, he phoned me and he phoned other reporters as well to clarify exactly their position. So he's very strong. The His party is not against Soji. They have no intention of, to changing, getting rid of that program. In fact, he pointed out this was actually developed when the B.C. Liberals were in government. Yeah, it's been around for many yeah. years. Yeah. He also took a shot at John Rustad, who's yeah. the leader of the B.C. Conservatives, who came out with a news release today, uh, very much anti-Soji, yes. saying they will repeal that. And he pointed out Rustad was in cabinet, according to Falcon, when this when this whole program was passed by cabinet. So he t- took a shot at his uh, someone who's competing for the same voter base as, as he is. Uh, but he made it clear, no, BC United is pro-SOGI, but where they do think there's some concern is that there's not enough information always flowing to parents in terms of what's going on with their kids. Well, this is where it gets into this parental notification issue, right? And, and gets, we've seen we've seen some other provinces bring in these laws that, yeah. let's say your your kid says to a teacher, I, I'm changing gender, gender identity and I want to be referred to by a new pronoun in class. Should there be a law that says the teacher now has to inform the parent about this, right? Where does he stand on that? Because this is the tricky one. I've not heard anything one way or another. Yeah, he's been he's been, been a little that. evasive on that one. Well, I don't think he's been. I haven't asked him about that specifically, so I can't say one way or another on yeah. that. Whether he's been asked whether he would adopt the Saskatchewan and New Brunswick government's right laws, I've not heard that. To be fair, right. yeah. but he was very strong to me that after this confusion was created, I think by his comments suggesting that somehow Soji was going to go backwards, or that there was sympathy for some of these protests against Soji. That he took it upon himself to phone reporters and say, well, no. the po- you can tell the politics of this is very, very tricky, very right? Tricky. Because he's worried about the BC Conservative Party seizing on this splitting. Now, Rustad's gone very far to say he's going to scrap Soji. Yeah, um, right. And BC United is not going that far. So there's a neat dividing line right there. Yeah, uh, between the two, and you're going to see that on other issues as well. And I think you'll see Falcon push that point today, or as MLAs will, uh, perhaps Eleanor Sturco will ride to the rescue again to yeah. exactly articulate what their position is. Okay, let's listen to uh, David Eby here on the new forgivable loan program for homeowners who want to put in a rental suite in their home. This is a really interesting program, $40,000 being made available in forgivable loans. You want to put a basement suite in your house, for example. Here is David Eby speaking on that. This is a program that will financially assist people who are building suites in building a suite in their home in exchange for a commitment to charge below market rent for a period of five years. 
Okay, so it is a means-tested program. If you've got a household income, two hundred nine thousand. Two hundred nine thousand. Yeah. I think household income. So that's and you don't qualify if you're if you're earning more than that. That's a pretty high household income. A lot of yeah. means-tested programs end at seventy thousand. Yeah. Or you know ninety thousand household income. This is two hundred and nine thousand. You get a two two co- a couple earn, both earning a hundred thousand dollars each. Um, you still qualify. Still qualify for this. Yeah. It's going to be tempting for people because uh, someone who has a rental suite in their basement, we rent out from time to time. You put it, you know, whether it takes 40000 or 30000 or 20000 to renovate your basement to turn it into a rental suite, that turns into a moneymaker pretty quick, mm. given today's rents. You have yeah. to come in with a lower than market rent. But I'll tell you, a one-bedroom apartment in Metro Vancouver or the capital, you know, you could charge 1500 bucks. You're going to be, low, be below market. Yeah. That's $1,500 a month, a month in income that you don't have right now. So I think this would be a tempting program for a lot of people to put a – Rental suite. Now, speaking from experience, we always rent to students yeah. over the years, university students. Why? One reason, because they leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they leave in May. <laughs> right. And you start again in September, which right. means you got the suite to yourself. But also it means if you've got a bad tenant, they, you, know, you don't get stuck with them. Right. And yeah. that is a plight of all landlords. You don't going to get stuck with a bad tenant. But I'll tell you, we've had international students uh, over the years from University of Victoria and just local students uh, just going through. And we always charge below market, always have great students. But the great thing about uh, renting a university, if you happen to be in a place that has post-secondary education, is it's not a permanent tenancy. Okay, real quickly, Pierre Polyev and his housing plan and the hammer he wants to bring down here on municipalities. We've touched on this. So the idea would be force municipalities to build more housing. And if you don't do it, we're going to cut off your transfer payments, okay? So it's going to cost you money. Here is Paulia explaining it. I'll bring in a mathematical formula that gives 1% more funding to a municipality if they beat their housing, home building targets by 1%. If they miss their target by 1%, they'll get 1% less money. I will require they build, that they permit 15% more homes per year or they will lose their money. What do you think of this idea? Well, it's carrot and stick, which other provinces are using. One thing I have yet to see is actually how many dollars are we actually talking about here? Yeah. Most municipalities, their their uh, strong financial relationship is with provincial governments, not federal governments. So I'd like to know exactly how many do- dollars are flowing from Ottawa in terms of the money Poliev's talking about that he can touch. Yeah. A lot of money is statutorily off limits to governments. How much money can he actually touch of money that the feds right now send to Surrey? Yeah. Or send a, maybe Brad West has those numbers in Polk. Well, I had Brad West on this morning saying we want money from Ottawa for public transit and we want billions of dollars here, yeah. okay? So, so I could Polyev put a, an earmark on well, that? I suppose he could. He, he's already talked about tying it to um, uh, transit. rapid transit stations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, that's part of his, one of his ads yeah. about how he grew up near a rapid transit station. Yeah. Uh, was able to go from his father's apartment, walk into the station, take a take a rapid transit to university. So he wants to have a program like that. But again, that's infrastructure money for big ticket items like transit, which is a separate pot. I'd like to know what he's talking about on an annual basis, how many dollars outside of transit flow to municipalities that he could turn the taps yeah. off. I'm okay. not sure it's as big as it sounds. I'm also not, I mean, it's great if municipalities build more housing. Every housing expert you've had on this program, everyone else says there's going to take a lot more than that to solve the housing cr- crisis. Mm-hmm. Okay, the phone lines are open. It's Baldry's Beats, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Steve in the West End. Hey, Steve, go ahead. 
Hey, Mike, I've taught in a classroom and I associate with uh, school boards five days a week. So I've seen a lot of teachers, a lot of parents. And, uh, you know, this is what I've come up with. Parents don't punch out at 3.30 with their kids and teachers do. And loving parents really reflect the value of what should be taught in a classroom and should be a cornerstone of community learning. And because, really, a silent majority of parents don't really agree with SOGI-LGBT narrative from what I've come across, it doesn't mean they're hateful. We disagree with a lot of stuff. I've been in a primary classroom, Mike, and I've seen some of the material. Literally, there was an example of fellatio being taught, well, instruction through literature to kids in a primary school. Like, does that need to be in our schools right, for kids? Was that part of the SOGI program? That, that, was, that was material chosen by the librarian that was, uh, yeah. So, okay. you know what? This need, these are loving parents. These aren't, you know, they, they, they're protecting their kids. They're not all right-wing, politically charged. Nope. This is mom-and-pop Canadians. Yeah. No, it's a, very, it's a very sensitive issue. Yeah. No question. It's not yeah. a black and white thing. And it does yeah. seem to vary from district to district, classroom yes. to classroom. And you teacher say, to teacher, you know. There yeah. is a website, as you mentioned. It's got lots of information. And, you know, parents are encouraged to phone if they've got some questions. <clears throat> phone the principal and such. But, again, it's easier said than done for some parents. And callers, right, parents don't check out at 3.30. They're constantly checking on what their kids are doing. So, again, this is a tricky issue. It's not yeah. black and white, that one side is 100% correct, the other side is 100% wrong. I would encourage parents, like you said, like check out the website. I spent a lot of time going through the website this morning, and there's parents, a lot of information on there. I think right now a lot of parents are caught, and this is the criticism coming from a number of groups, is that they've been this whole protest has been co-opted by this genuinely anti-SOGI group that wants nothing to do with this at all, like 100% stop, whereas some parents aren't anti-SOGI, but they just have legitimate concerns about exactly what's going on in terms of their kids. They may have some, some legitimate questions about the, the content, and you know the answer from government is the content is online, check it out, wow. um, phone, yeah. phone the school. If you, if you have concerns, talk to your parents. I mean, not all parents are, are that active, though, or no. proactive. And again, so, more communication is better than less communication. Yeah. Clark and Burnaby. Hi, Clark. Go ahead. Hey, I just wanted to talk comment about uh, Mr. Eby's or Premier Eby's plan to dole out uh, $120 million to homeowners. I, yeah. I'm all for it. I, I know the crisis in housing is absolutely insane. But from my math, it looks like homeowners are going to get $100 million and renters are going to get $20 million. 3,000 people, $600 a month if the if if the homeowners give the entire six hundred dollars a month that they're going to receive over five years, that's the forty thousand dollar credit to the renters, then the homeowners after five years end up with a hundred million dollars out of that totally funded hundred and twenty million. The math to me doesn't look good for the renters who we're trying to help okay. or the affordability. Well, okay, but if the suite, well, thank you for the call, but if the suites, though, are being rented at under market, below market rates, and which is how you qualify for the forgivable and loan. there's more suites. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can pick holes in a lot of these programs. The thing I like about it is you could potentially create a lot of suites fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, you know? again, if we could just create a whole bunch of new basement suites for yeah. particularly young people who, you know, can't afford $2,000 a month. 
uh, $2,500 a month, but maybe they can get a a bachelor or a one-bedroom for less than $2,000 a month, $1,500 a month. What's not to like? For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.